winding down. They're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. South Coast tonight and happy feast. I'm Marcus. Chris will be back tomorrow. And in fact, tomorrow's a pretty big day. Every day is a big day when you're on South Coast tonight, when you're listening to South Coast tonight. We'll be taking your calls at 508-996-0500. Chris will be back tomorrow. We're interviewing state rep candidates Anthony Amori and Diana DeZaglio. Uh, Anthony Amori will be at 7 p.m. Republican Anthony Amori uh, at 7. Diana DeZaglio at 8. Anthony, for, for those who aren't familiar, and you should be because I've been talking about this race for a while, Anthony Amori uh, is the... Republican candidate. He was endorsed by Charlie Baker. He is the um, director of security for the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum and worked for the federal government rebuilding uh, Logan Airport security after um, after 9-11. Dinah DiZaglio is a state senator from Methuen, was a three-term uh, member of the House uh, as well. And uh, they're both uh, taking the time. I assume they're going to the feast. I know Anthony Moore is going to the feast. I assume Senator Zaglio is going to the feast as well. Uh, and they'll be joining us after. There was a lot of people there today. I went to the opening ceremony. Um, so if you're not familiar about the details of the feast, I've, I've served a couple times. Or, well, I served once, but I've been involved for a while. Uh, I'm up to serve again, actually. I'm up to serve again this this year. I got nominated. I got my nomination paper. So I imagine I will serve again next year. It was a great group of people. And so we're, we're going to keep that uh, energy going. But um, I got once the opening ceremony. So there's a little parade where the people, the feast committee, right? The feast committee, um, they march to the, uh, the church. They have a, a mass, a quick mass. And then they march to the memorial where there is a service. So basically at the memorial, there's usually, you know, a bunch of elected officials. I saw, saw everyone. So um, I was talking to Senator Mark Montigny for a little bit. He was talking about, uh, we were talking about his appearance, uh, which was great. If you haven't heard it, you can check out the podcast. He called in on Monday after that 23-hour session on Beacon Hill. And was just telling stories about how, you know, when the, uh, when, the, you know, when the, uh, when the Senate was run by Billy Bulger, Whitey Bulger's brother, he was Senate president for a while. And then he, I think he eventually became the president of the, um, <clears throat> UMass system. But Billy Bulger was president of, when Billy Bulger was president of the Senate and there was a power struggle between him and Congressman Bill Keating. Well, who was then a state senator, then state senator Bill Keating. There was a power struggle between the two and they, you know, and Mark was telling him, you know, about how his involvement and all of that. And um, 
We were just talking about that for a little bit. I saw Sheriff Tom Hodgson. He was there. We talked about his uh, explosive two hours, which people are still talking about. You know, he told me, hey, that was a lot of fun. I said, yeah, people are still talking about it. So he really enjoyed that. I know he'll be back uh, for more, and you'll get the opportunity to talk to him soon. Um, I saw Sheriff candidate Nick Bernier actually was there. I saw DA candidate Shannon McMahon. I saw pretty much all the city council. Uh, yeah, just about all the city council except for a couple. So I saw uh, Naomi Carney, Maria Giesta, Ian Abreu, Brian Gomes, Shane Burgo, Ryan Pereira. Forgetting anyone? Oh, Brad Markey. He came. Brad Markey. Uh, Ian gave a pretty good speech. That's when I had to leave, actually. I, I had to go while Ian was giving his speech, but he started off pretty good. Uh, Mayor Mitchell was obviously there, if I didn't mention him before. Joe Ferrer from the Governor's Council was there. Um, Chairman Rodericks, Mike Rodericks, Senator, uh, State Senator, and uh, Chairman of the Ways and Means, Mike Rodericks. I got the chance to talk to him, too. He said, you know, I, I asked him to come on the program. He said he'd love to. He said, you know, he's taking some time, and then uh, when, once he gets back, he will be ready to come in and talk to us. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, he's a good guy. And, you know, he's one of the big decision makers there on Beacon Hill. So we're lucky to have him there, right, representing the South Coast. And uh, I'm happy that he's he's going to come on with us and, and, and chat. State Rep candidate Evan Gendro was there. I'm trying to give credit to everybody that I saw there. <sighs> Lieutenant Governor Karen Polito. She was there. She gave in a fantastic speech. I, I got to hand it to her. Fantastic speech. Very powerful um, about how she felt a sense of pride being there because, you know, she her grandfather immigrated here with, you know, nothing but $50 in his pocket and built a, a formidable construction company that's still in their family. And she just talked about how, um, you know, how basically, uh, you know, she loves that the, 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 the biggest Portuguese feast in the world is here in the Commonwealth. And she said, you know, I'll always be here. I mean, she does have um she does have a residence in Dartmouth, so I am sure she's she's correct about that. Governor Baker has come down a few times too, but I do appreciate that the governor or lieutenant governor has has come down every year since the feast's inception. Uh, you know, I, I actually I remember getting the chance to talk to Charlie Baker. The year it was his first year in office, I got the chance to talk to him for a little bit, uh, at the um at the feast. And I think I got everyone. I think I got everyone that I saw. There might be some people I didn't see, and that's too bad on them. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, Tony Cabral, of course. Tony Cabral was there as well. Uh, Rep. Tony Cabral. So, saw a lot of people there. It was uh, it was cool. Um, I'm glad the feast is back. It's just you know it's the flagship cultural celebration of of the region, right? People like Ian was saying earlier today, and I really enjoyed that segment with um, with Ian and Tim, and I actually really enjoyed that that entire program. Uh, you know, I always enjoy Tim's program, but I really enjoyed it. You know, I enjoyed it especially because it was at the feast and about the feast. But Ian was, um, you know, like Ian was saying, uh, you, you can't get a hotel room around here uh, during feast weekend from here to Wareham. You 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 know. Uh, there's a lot of people that come around from all over the world. There was a dignitary actually from Madeira that was there and gave a pretty good speech in both English and Portuguese. My family was there, I saw, which is cool. My family's been involved in that feast for a very long time. 
um, actually, you know, Tim was at the Museum of Mer- um, Modern Heritage. If you go to the Museum of Mer- Modern Heritage, you'll see a, a picture of of my great grandmother and and my you know her entire all of her her kids, all of her sons and daughters, and one of them, um, Jose Ferro, is my uh, is my grandfather. So there's actually a couple pictures. There's a picture of my dad in there, too, when he served in 1980, when he served on the feast. And if you're not familiar with the process, um, essentially, there is a feast club, right? And the club oversees the big parts of the operation, you know, allocation of money and all of that, right? The really big picture year-round stuff is governed by the club. And so the club meets... Uh, once uh, once a month, I think every it's third Sunday. I don't know. I'm, I I haven't been to a meeting in a, in a while. Admittedly, I haven't been to a meeting in a while. But when I serve, I walk on more meetings, obviously. But the way it works is there's a club that oversees like the big picture stuff, and then the the actual feast, right? The the four day event, you know, because there's. There's more than the feast. There's you know their their annual like uh, gala that that's at White's. There's the um, there's the the now the the food and truck festival. You know there's renting out the feast grounds to people that want to do stuff there. But uh, so that's that's all in the club's purview. Then there's the feast committee. Now the committee is like the they run the four days basically. There's the four days. That's the feast. Like that's their job is to plan that out. They pick what color shirts that the that the that the committee that the people in the committee wear. They pick the they help vote on the acts. The entertainment committee books the acts. They vote on, uh, you know what's in the book, right? Their their um souvenir book. You know they do all that stuff. So they're involved in sort of the details, what the what the shirt's going to look like, what the official feast shirt's going to look like, right? What the logo is going to look like, all of that dated, all, all that stuff that has to do with like that specific weekend that that falls on the committee. And the people that serve in the committee, they pick uh, a everybody in the committee is basically responsible for one area of the feast and. That person gets a brigade of volunteers, essentially. And to serve in the feast, by the way, to be on the committee, you have to be Madarin. You have to be Madarin. It's not enough to be Portuguese. You got to be Madarin. And when you apply, they tell you, you know, they ask you where your where your family from is is um is from in in, in Madeira. So it's a really cool tradition. Uh, my family's been doing it for a long time, and uh, again, I'm excited to do it next. Uh, uh, do it next year. The first meeting's actually the last day of the feast, Sunday night at eight o'clock is the is the first meeting of the feast, which is um which is always pretty cool. So five oh eight nine nine six oh five hundred. Uh and so when I served back in twenty fifteen I was put in the parking lot. Now, I wasn't happy about it at first when I first got the parking lot assignment, but eventually I I actually prefer it now. I really enjoy it because one, it's real it drives it generates a lot of revenue um that for the feast which goes to a lot of good causes. Two, it's away from all the chaos. It can get chaotic in that parking lot, but it's away from all the chaos, right? 
And three, we've gotten a group, good group of people. You know, my family, my cousin Carl Ows, who you heard last night talk about it. We've we've sort of made that our thing. You know, we do the part where the parking lot, the pharaohs of the parking lot people. And we do the parking lot. And it's a point of pride. And it's really important. Lou Texera, too, of course. He's always he's a parking lot guy, too. He's he he, he started out with us in the parking lot and he's been riding. He's been there with us ever since. So. Um, I have a column on WBSM.com just to talk about, I know it sounds like, oh, parking, talking about parking, but it's important because if you go to the feast, you're, you know, you're, you're going to be hard pressed to find street parking, especially later on in the evening. So you go, there's feast parking there and don't yell at people because they're all volunteers, but, uh, it's 20 bucks. You pay 20 bucks, it goes to a good cause. It's a generous donation to the feast, a modest donation, I'd say, to the feast. And you get off-street parking and the closest off-street parking, frankly, that you're going to get, legally at least. I don't know, maybe you've got some other deal going on, but it's the closest off-street parking that you're going to get, and it's right there. It's right on the, it's right, it's just south of, it's right across the street from Joe's Auto Mall, just south of that donut shop. You park there. We they do accommodate handicap parking to the best of their ability. You can park, you know, as close to the street as you can, right? That's what they try to reserve some spaces for that. You park as close to the street as you can, and and you know, there's there's always a um, there's always a police detail there as well. There's always a police detail there to you know make sure everything's good, make sure every you know everything's safe, and uh, generally they 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 direct some traffic too. So, um, so, uh, you know, that's a column on WBSM.com. You can check it out. It's just basically, you know, saying if you're looking for a place to park, that's where you can go. You can go park there because it's, you're hard pressed to find, I think you're really hard pressed to find, um, spaces in the, um, uh, on the street. Like I said, it borders on impossibility. Even when I went there before I started getting involved with the parking lot, I paid, Whatever parking was around there, right? It was a, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't partnered with the feast, but whoever was running that, I paid them to park there because, because it was just easier. And now you can, you know, again, it's a for a donation to the feast, twenty bucks per day, right? So if you come Thursday, you don't come with the same pass. It's gonna be a different pass. You're gonna, hey, can I do this? Can I do that? No. Don't ask for discounts. It's 20 bucks every time. It's a it's a generous donation to uh, education and a lot of good civic engagement. So I was happy to go there. We got, you know, I, I went there, uh, saw all those, you know, important people um, <laughs> and uh, and was able to get some food and uh, head over here over here to talk to you guys and rick trapillo candidate for the 10th bristol district he's going to be joining us at eight o'clock he'll be here from eight to nine and you can give us a call at 508-996-0500 that's how you can get on he's running in the 10th bristol district uh that's the seat that's currently held by bill strauss rick trapillo is running to be my state rep and maybe yours right if you're in the i know we've got a lot of people in Fairhaven in the audience a lot of people in the tri-town and even in, of course in ward one in new bedford so He's he's running for, to be your state rep. I've offered all the candidates a time to to uh, to come on 
uh, all the candidates for every office I've offered um, an hour with me or me or me or Chris and me to uh, to to talk about their campaign and their platform. And they've by and large obliged because they know it's important. They know it's important to talk to you guys and they know it's important to come here to WBSM that that's where you go to make yourself available uh, and to project as much of your voice as you can to the to the south coast um electorate because the people that pay attention the people that vote they listen here to wbsm so we've got dina desaglio we've got anthony amori on tomorrow we've got um we've got quentin palfrey he's coming on uh he's coming on to uh on the 17th he's coming in He'll be in on the 17th, actually. We have the sheriff's debate between Paul Haru, Nick Bernier, and George McNeil. And um, Quentin Palfrey, that's from 8 to 10, 8, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. And uh, Quentin Palfrey's on at 7.30. He's coming in at 7.30. He's, he's in the South Coast for an event, and he'll stop in after and, and talk to Chris and me about his platform that's an interesting race attorney general that primary is is that primary is a, is a competitive primary you've got shannon list Royden, who's a successful labor attorney who's putting a lot of her own money into this race um quentin palfrey of course who i've talked to on air before he's come on my show he is work he works with um he work he's worked with uh in the attorney general's office before he's worked, he was the head of the healthcare division in the attorney general's office uh, under Martha Coakley and said he worked with Mara Healy when he was, when he was there, he then worked for the Obama administration. Um, and then he was the Lieutenant, he was the candidate for Lieutenant governor in 2018. He ran with Jay Gonzalez against uh, Baker and Polito. So he's going to, he's going to be joining us, uh, Quentin Palfrey and then, uh, Andrea Campbell, um, I've I've talked to her. She's been in the South Coast a couple of times. I talked to her, uh, interviewed her. That column's on WBSM.com as well. She's a Boston City Council president. She's, well, former Boston City Council president, candidate for mayor. Uh, and she got the endorsement of the Globe, actually, when she ran for mayor. Um, but, you know, Michelle Wu ended up winning that election. But uh, Andrea Campbell also worked for Deval Patrick as... Um, under uh, as one of his um, legal counsels in his in his office, so that's an interesting race. The primary you've got um, Jay McMahon on the other side. He ran against Maura Healy last time, uh, and I will see. I mean, Quentin Palfrey I think surprised people when he got the endorsement of the convention. Uh, I think it was fairly tight, but he got the endorsement of the convention. And I know and- Andrea Campbell is leading a lot of polls. I haven't seen much polling lately on it, but Andrea Campbell is also one with a. She's got a heavy amount of of endorsements as well. But Quentin Palfrey will be joining us then. I'm um, trying to work out with some other candidates. Uh, I, spe- I was speaking with some people today that want to come in, and we're working uh, on getting them in so they can talk to us, Chris and me, but more importantly, so they can talk to you. And again, they're excited for the opportunity if we can make it work, you know. 
we're we're, gonna, we're working on on getting that together for you guys. But we do have that great primary debate coming up. I talked to uh, Nick Bernier about it. He was really excited um, about about getting in here and and going uh, going toe to toe with the other candidates, right? So five zero eight nine nine six oh five hundred is how you can get on. Uh, yeah, that was the feast was fun. I'm actually gonna talk a little bit about some history of Madeira wine. If you guys haven't heard it before, you might have heard a little bit of it today if you're listening to Tim. But I'll talk about it in a little bit more detail, uh, just for fun. And we'll be taking your calls on uh, you know whatever you'd like, and we're also taking your messages on the WBSM app chat. So stay tuned. This is South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus, and uh, Chris is out for the night. Download the W. Oh, I'm Marcus five zero eight nine nine six. Oh, 0500 is how you can get in the program. Chris uh, will be back tomorrow. We're going to be interviewing Dinah DiZaglio and Anthony Mori, uh, candidates for auditor tomorrow after um, after they visit the feast, right? And I hope you get a chance to visit the feast today. Maybe actually right now you are deciding you're going to go to the feast tomorrow. You're not going to go on Thursday. Maybe you're one of those people who say, I just go on Saturday and Sunday. Or I just go on Sunday and I like to cook the meats on the on the stick and over there in the pits, right? Maybe you're listening right now in your car on the app or on the radio on the way to the feast. And you're using South Coast tonight to get hyped for the feast. And, I man, I really appreciate that. I think that's the best way to get hyped for the feast is to listen to South Coast tonight. Maybe you are... Having the optimal feast experience and having your phone with you, you put on the WBSM app, which is free. If you don't have it, you can download it. You can download it right before you walk in. You can download it as you're walking in. You can download it on the feast grounds. You put on the app. You put in your headphones. You enjoy the feast while listening to South Coast tonight while listening to WBSM. That's the optimal feast experience, I promise you. But no matter how you enjoy the feast and how you enjoy South Coast tonight with the feast, I did want to offer a little bit of history about the feast's signature drink, which is, of course, uh, Madeira wine. So a lot of you guys might already know, a lot of people know, because, you know, a lot of people talk about it all the time, but Madeira wine was actually a favorite of the founding fathers. And in fact, in 1776, they, on, um, when they were, uh, when they signed the Declaration of Independence, when they toasted to the Declaration of Independence, the official toast of the Declaration Declaration of Independence was done with Madeira wine. It is said that George Washington was a big fan. It is said that John Adams was a big fan. Ben Franklin spoke about it. Chief Justice John Marshall was a big fan of Madeira wine. They all used to they all used to enjoy it. And it was made in like a, a very specific way. It was fermented in a very specific way. They they cooked it was cooked in the the heat of the ships when they came in. When they came from Madeira to to whatever port they were going to, they were cooked in the heat of the ships. It was the heat of the ships that fermented 
the Madeira wine. And to from and to make the Madeira wine now as it ages, they use the same they replicate that same effect. They don't, you know, put it in ships and float it around. But Justinos, where they make the wine that supplies the feast and liquor stores, and maybe supplies your liquor shelf, they replicate that same effect that so many people back then enjoyed. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. We have some calls. Let's go to the phone. Good evening. Good evening. What's up? Well, I'm going to give you my take on a feast. Okay. And um, the city did a big uh, screw up down there. Number one, they moved the bikes from the Panthers Club. Which, okay. So they put them a block south of there, on a side street, right in front of everybody's houses. So now the people ain't got nowhere to park their cars. And then they blocked off. They used to have the block just south of the Panthers Club where you go towards the church. All handicapped parking there. They they did away with that. They blocked that. They put all no parking. And what do they do for the handicapped people? They put the handicapped down on Belleville Avenue. Now, how the heck is people that are half crippled going to walk from Belleville Avenue to all the way up the hill to the feast grounds? Uphill, right? And then, I'll tell you one more thing. They blocked off Hathaway Street also. At least before, you would be able to come to the front gate of the feast where the offices are, and you could drop elderly people off that can't walk. You can't do that no more either. So a lot of people in my family, they're not going to the feast at all this year for that reason. And and whoever made these decisions, I don't know if it came from the mayor's office, the chief of police, or where, but I'm going to tell you, they need to have their heads examined what they did to the handicapped. It's a disgrace. Have a good one. Thank you. Appreciate the call. Yeah, I'm not sure. I know there was a column about uh, feast parking. Usually the bikes are parked at the Panthers Club, um, but I guess they rearrange it. You know, I wasn't involved in the logistics of the feast this year. Uh, again, I, was, I wasn't I was on this for the people that served in the committee. Um, maybe if I see the feast president, I can ask him. I mean, I'm certainly interested in that. If they're, But I, I know the people that run the feast. I, I think that they're doing their best to try to accommodate um, people who might have a mobility difference, especially when you consider, you know, a lot of people that are involved in the feast are, are fairly elderly themselves, if we're being honest. But uh, yeah, in, in terms of, uh, you know, the, the the caller seems to know a lot more about the parking logistics and the and the, the mobility logistics than I do. So I'll um, I'll take his word for it. And, I, you know, that's that's too bad. I hope, you know, it's too bad that his family, you know, can't enjoy the feast this year or won't enjoy the feast. I, I, uh, I hope everybody is able to um, enjoy the feast at least one day out of the four. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Hey, Marcus. It's Sam. How are you? Hey, Sam. What's up? Um, quick thing. Um, one day last week, or maybe it was the beginning of this week, uh, you and Chris were talking about Ferris, how he hadn't been calling in anywhere. Yeah. Uh, I could have sworn I heard him this morning on the station down the Cape, uh, 99.5, I think it is. What, what, what are you, 
We're, not, we're 99.5 here. Uh, you're 99.5. No, it would, then it would have been 95.1. Uh, XTK? Yeah, yeah, I'm familiar with him. Yeah. Do you know anybody over there at that station? Because he, he didn't use Ferris. He used um, he used the name John, uh, John maybe? Huh. Whatever you guys called him. That I do know people called. over there, in fact. Do you? Yeah, I'm I do. If, you can, if, if, that, if that name is the uh, is the one that he's been going by. Um, <laughs> what, what did Chris call him? Do you remember? Was it John something? No, uh, I mean he. You know, I'm not sure what his like. That's that was the whole thing is we don't know what his real name is, and you know he always has his characters. So I didn't know if he yeah. used John. I think everybody used Ferris, uh, but yeah, it was. But Chris made, it made it sound like he knew another name that he went by, uh, even on the other radio. T- you know, like other shows that he's. Oh, I'm not sure. Whatever name that was was the name that he said this morning. I, I remember, but I don't remember what it was. I didn't see the John or Jack or something like that. And I, I thought about it, and I then I had to wonder, geez, was I dreaming or not? But I, I'm pretty sure. It was his well, our theory is that he's dead. So yeah. if he's not dead, then yeah. that might have been him. Well, he might still be thinking that he's banned from the station, too, you know, because that was the last thing that I remember. It could be. I, don't, I have no idea. He was told not to call. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't. I don't know who's told what these days. I, I just show up, so yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. All uh, right. Yeah. So I don't know. Anyway, if you do know somebody, there, I'd be curious to know if it's if it's him. Maybe Chris can put the word out to uh, to try to get him to call in again. I thought uh-huh. he was fun. You know, he's a little out there, but he's a character he for sure. Yeah, as long as you can keep him ringed in, you know, without going into off to the. Uh, you know, too much of the gay and lesbian thing. He's, you know, he was a basher on that stuff, which <laughs> right, I didn't yeah. agree with. Yeah. You know, but, but a lot of, most of the stuff was pretty funny, you know? Yeah, no, I uh, agree. Well, the search yeah. continues. Sure. Sounds, sounds like, are you, uh, are you heading out to the feast tonight or what? No, I was there earlier. Uh, oh, yeah. I just wanted to see the opening ceremony. By the time I get out yeah. here, it's 10 o'clock. I could go. I probably yeah. won't. Uh, I might just, uh, I'll go a little bit tomorrow during the day and then I'll, I'll hang out there Saturday and Sunday. Probably. Yeah, I, I tend to try to go during the day, but, you know, it's not like it was when I was a kid. You know, when I was your age and, and a little bit older, it was fun because you'd see everybody that you worked with and people that you knew. But I'm kind of like over that, over that where sitting down at 10 o'clock is I'd rather enjoy watching TV or something, you know, or watching a movie. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, no, that's that's kind of where I'm at, honestly. Yeah. Not the, yeah. Not the same kind of fun anymore, you know. It's it, yeah, it's a lot I mean, it'll if I went there, I think I'd I'd enjoy myself, but I just I'll just hang out with my cat, yeah. you know, and and enjoy the feast during the day. That's that's kind of where I'm at. So. What I do enjoy is yeah, I like to go for like a sandwich, you know. Go early. Maybe yeah. four o'clock, get a sandwich. That's the, that's the pro the move. Effect. Yeah, a lot of people yeah. go there early. You get their wristbands too. They get their tickets, so they don't have to wait in line right. when they get there later. That's 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 what people do. Or you get the yeah. skewers, you cook on the. Sure, and then by like the eight o'clock, I'm heading out, and all the riffraffs heading in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, you take care. Was Chris coming back uh, this week? Or he'll he be done? back. He'll be back tomorrow. Oh God, sounds good. Yep, sounds yeah, good. If you get a chance, find out about that. Um, I'm, I'm real curious to know if uh, he's back around the area. So am I. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank Have you. Have a good one. Bye. So 508-996-0500. Yeah, I was there during the day. I'd, I mean, could have stayed longer, if I'm being honest, but I, I'd rather be here talking to you guys. Uh, and I'll be there during the day for a little bit tomorrow. And then this weekend, I'll, I'll probably be helping out a lot with um, the lot and stuff. Uh, you know, it's important. And uh, I'll be there. You know, there's... 
Sunday's really the you know what the busiest time of the feast is? It's Sunday. Sunday's the busiest time of the feast because everybody they go to use their, you know, leftover tickets. They go to cook on the everybody likes to go cook at the pits on Sunday. They bring their family. It's a big thing. And that's when the parade is. So you get all see all the elected officials. I know usually the congressman's there and mayor, everybody's there, you know, candidates for office might be there. They'll be there throughout the weekend. I mean, frankly, my position is if you're a candidate for office and you don't show up at least once. I mean, I don't like it. I don't like it. You better have a good reason. But they all they all will, I'm sure. At least most of them. Like I said, if you don't, you better have a good reason if you don't show up. If you want the South Coast's support and you don't show up at least one day to the feast, you better have a good reason. Because that's, that's the flagship event of the South Coast. And it's back for the first time in three years. I still can't believe that's It's surreal to me, three years. Lots happened since then, right? First time the feast has been here in in three years. All right, I'm going to actually take a break. We'll be right back. New Bedford's News Talks. Close tonight, I'm Marcus. Chris will be back tomorrow. At 8 o'clock, we've got Rick Trapillo. I mean, yeah, at 8 o'clock, right? Did I say that? I got so excited. Uh, <laughs> I forgot what I said. Yeah, tomorrow, or no, tonight... <laughs> In about 15 minutes, Rick Trapillo is coming in. He's going to join us um, on South Coast tonight. He'll be taking your calls, too, if you want to give him a call at 508-996-0500. He'll be here till 9 o'clock. I've got some questions. He had a debate. Oh, he's here right now, actually. I'm looking at him in the window. Yep. And uh, so 508-996-0500. Yeah, Madeira One actually had a really, it was a, it had a, it was really important to the, really the foundation, the really to the, it was one of the the foundational events of the American Revolution, nineteen sixty eight. You know, there's there's a lot of there was you know pre seventy six. There was a lot of smugglers in the Boston Harbor. Um, there was one of the exports that were smuggled was um, often in the Boston Harbor was uh, Madeira wine, and in seventeen sixty eight, you know, the, the, obviously the Crown wanted to crack down on it. They uh, they had their sights set on John Hancock in particular, founding father, who was a you know the John Hancock the signature I think the first signature on the uh, on the um, on the on the on the Declaration and um, you know very popular back then, and he enjoyed Madeira wine, and when. They seized his ship, the Crown seized his ship in 1768. His ship, the Liberty, was carrying 31 gallon, 31, uh, 3,100 gallons of his, his, of Madeira wine. And they wanted him to pay tax on it, and he refused to, so they seized the boat. And that led to the Liberty Affair, where, you know, there was a riot of 3,000 people that rioted against the, um, the, the British soldiers in Boston, which, of course, led to the Boston Massacre, which, again, was one of the foundational events of the of the um, of the American Revolution. George Washington uh, loved Madeira. He loved, in particular, India Madeira, which was wine that was imported from uh, from from Madeira to India. 
Um, I guess he liked the, you know, like I said, the, the wine used to ferment in the ships. It would cook in the ships and he would pay a lot of money because he had a lot of money. He was the richest person in America or in maybe in the world. He was the richest person in the country at the time, in the new country at the time. He would um, pay a lot of money to ensure that that got brought, um, that he could secure that. Because I guess he tried to buy Madeira one time and he ended up getting water. Uh, he got he got duped by somebody and ended up getting water. So he paid a lot of money to ensure that this authentic India Madeira wine would get to him. And he, he bought it by, you know, um, I mean, he bought it by the, the, by the shipload, right? Uh, when he was fighting in Pennsylvania, his, uh, one of his deputies would go and get, uh, I think, cases by the 11 dozen uh, in to supply of all of his soldiers. He would drink a pint a day himself. He would drink a pint a day himself when he was, when he was president, he drank a pint a day. Um, it's actually been president, uh, present in a lot of seminal moments in American history. You know, uh, Betsy Ross, while sewing the flag, had a, had a, ta had a side table with a glass of Madeira on it. So Madeira wine isn't just like a good wine. It is very much foundational uh, to this country's very existence. Uh, it, it sort of petered out in the late uh, early 1780s. They started to impose high tariffs on wine uh, for one reason or another on, on Madeira wine in particular. And so it's 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 foothold in the um you know among the american elite uh, elite did um did peter out a bit but uh, it's still here right it's very it's very prominent here and uh i think it's important to remember that remember how important that madeira wine was to um really this country's foundation madeira wine founded america in more in in one way or another Thomas Jefferson. It was a famous. It was a favorite of Thomas Jefferson's as well. It was very much a delicacy. So, if you're celebrating Fourth of July and you're making a toast to the foundation, you know the Declaration of Independence, you should be toasting with Madeira wine. And when you have a Madeira wine this weekend, um, I think you should reflect on the importance that that drink played in our country's very existence. How, how, we're all here, thanks to Madeira Wine. 508-996-0500. I'll be right back. Here's what's happening this week on Tarkis. Chris will be back tomorrow. I'm joined by a state rep candidate for the 10th Bristol District, running to be my state rep, uh, Rick Trapillo. Uh, Rick, how are you doing? Marcus, I'm doing awesome this evening. How about yourself? Good. Um, we were just talking. Are you planning on going to the feast this weekend? I will be going to the feast all four nights. Awesome. For, a for a lot of reasons. Excellent. A, I love the food. B, I know a lot of people at the feast. Yeah. And C, being a candidate for the 10th Bristol, it's so important to be out in the community. So I'll be there true. most every evening. Excellent. It's a lot of fun. And I'm so glad it's back after uh, the two-year hiatus. Yeah. I remember the first, um, I remember in 2020 when, when, because at first they were like, no, we're doing it, right? They were exactly. like, we're doing it. And then after that, that reality became started to send in a little bit later, like, oh man, we're really not going to have the feast this year. And then the next year, I think everybody sort of expected it, expected it not yes. to. It takes a great deal of, I think what people don't realize is a lot of the times too, it takes a great deal of planning. The first meeting of the feast is actually Sunday, 
It's going to be this Sunday. Correct. That's the first meeting of the next feast. So It's a one-year planning event with the number of people that attend, mm-hmm. the vendors, the bands, the entertainment. It's incredible. Yeah. And the ladies and gentlemen that put that on, uh, yeah. kudos to them. They, they deserve a, a gold star. Yeah, it's a tremendous amount of work. Um, I, I, you know, I've served on a couple of, uh, I've served, all. Oh, I served on one feast committee, but I've been involved for a few years and it's just, you know, they're there from, I mean, <laughs> they're, they're sun in, up to sundown, well, right? Yeah, at least 24, it's like they own yeah. their own restaurant. They're, yeah. they're 20, 24 hours a day, seven yeah. days a week for this period. Yeah, they, they really, they really, they really do. It's, it's, it's impressive, but we're going to talk in the second hour, uh, or we're going to talk in the second hour of the program. You had uh, a debate, your first debate as a political candidate. And, uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk a bit about your, uh, your campaign and, uh, we'll see you guys on the other side of the eight o'clock hour. So stay tuned for the news and then we'll be joined by uh, Rick Trapillo.